welcome to the Bug Geeky Podcast episode 20! Guys, I'm so excited we made it to episode 20. Uh, today, in honor of the new movie Solo, the new Star Wars movie, uh, you got me uh, solo. I'm on my own today. The other guys are, are just killing it out there in the field. So you got me today. Uh, but I'm really excited. Uh, today we're, we are talking about chemical myths. I know we've done a few myth episodes. We always get a good response from that. Thank you guys for that. Some of the stuff is going to be some stuff we've already talked about. But I think it's stuff that needs to be talked about. There's a lot of, um, a lot of things with the chemicals that we use that really just... People just take it for granted and just kind of, oh yeah, such and such told me how to do that and told me to do this this way and and just, you know, put a couple glugs in there and, and that that's good enough. Guys, that's not good enough. We're dealing with people's health, people's lives, our health, our lives, uh, and you could really make a mistake very quickly. So today we're going to be talking about that. So after that... We have an interview. I did an interview with my band, Love and Rescue. Uh, we went up to a cabin up in uh, Chapin, South Carolina, and uh, we did a photo shoot up there and did some acoustic tracks and some songwriting. And had we had a, a good time with that, so I figured I'd interview them. And uh, we did a few uh, a few acoustic songs for you guys to hear. And and if you recognize the name of our band, uh, we are actually it's the the music that we used on on produced the first, I would say, probably 16 or 17 episodes of the show. The guys let me use the music, and uh, it's been awesome. Uh, we have some new music coming out I'm pretty excited about, so I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Alright guys, so your Bug Geeky tip of the week this episode is Sherline Extendable Poles. Uh, now, if you're listening, you're probably a pest control technician, and if you're a pest control technician, then you know that we use extendable poles for web brooms. Um, it's just, hopefully you're doing it as a part of your regular service, because uh, it's something that, you know, helps with spiders, and it makes your customers happy. It makes their, their building, their home uh, look really good when you get done. It's a visual part of, of your service. Um, the Sherline extendable poles are incredible. They, um, they have a button that you press that with just one slide extends. So the one I have is nine feet. So you just hit the button, slide it, and boom, you're at nine feet. Uh, there's a couple spaces in between there. So if you don't want it that long, uh, you're, you know, you're good to go. Uh, but they're very reasonably priced. The one I got was about 20 bucks. Uh, but it was so worth it. I, I would have paid probably I probably would have paid forty dollars for it just out of all the the ease and, and effort I've gotten from it. I do believe they make them up to twenty eight feet. If you need something, you know, for for taller buildings, for eaves and soffits and that kind of thing. But they are incredible products, very reasonably priced and uh, really tough. They got a big foam a big foam covering on the handle that uh, is, is really comfortable to use, and they're really lightweight, so check them out. All right, guys, we're gonna hit some bug geeky news. Uh, Lee County, Florida 
was one of the 10 sites in the U.S. approved by the federal government to test drones for mosquito control. Um, I think that's very interesting. So what they're doing is they're flying around and looking for breeding sites, anywhere like that that could be causing issues. Um, and that's pretty awesome. I love when people, you know, meld technology and pest control together. Uh, there's so much that can be done. Just thinking out of the box, using something that wouldn't usually be used for pest control to use it. And that's that's just incredible. Uh, it says their team is using a 1,500-pound drone as part of their operation to combat mosquitoes. That's pretty awesome. All right, so this week, PCT Magazine released their top 100 pest control companies. They do this every year. Uh, it's always pretty interesting to see how you're, you know, if you're if you're with a bigger company, see where they rank. Um, the top three, uh, you could probably guess them: uh, Rollins, Terminex, and Rent to Kill slash Stereotech. Um, it's great for you guys. That's awesome. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous the uh, <laughs> the amount of revenue you guys are doing. Um, the the full top ten, number four, Ecolab. Five, Massey Services. Six, Aero Exterminators. Seven, Cook's Pest Control. Eight, Clark's Pest Control. Nine, Terminex Service. And ten, Truly Nolan of America. That's awesome, guys. Congratulations. Alright, last but not least, uh, the PCOC survey rodent and bedbug infestations on the rise throughout California. The state is experiencing an upward trend in reports of rodent and bedbug infestations, according to a survey by the Pest Control Operators of California. It says, while ants continue to be California's most frequently reported pest problem, the state is experiencing a significant upward trend in reports of rodent and bedbug infestations, according to a survey released by the Pest Control Operators of California. The survey... Um, Evidently, over half of the, the people that responded to the survey said the most, you know, the, the biggest issues they've seen go up is rodent infestations and bedbugs. Uh, bedbugs are up 25%. Um, that's just, I, honestly, I believe it. Um, here, you know, we're in South Carolina. Uh, rodents and bedbugs are, are, are rough over here, too, right now. I've seen... The past few years, I haven't had a ton of rodent issues. Um, bedbugs are always bad for me, but uh, but within the past, I would say, six months or so to a year, I've seen a huge uptick in rodent activity. But, you know, California's, you know, their climate's a lot different than here. We're kind of... <laughs> pretty much everything's bad <laughs> here we um you know and i know our our friends down in florida have it even worse uh, especially with ants and roaches and things like that so uh, it's interesting to see an area that's that's look you know that's different from our climate uh having you know having issues like that i was speaking to a gentleman that i met the other day from scotland and he said that literally he's they have no pest issues over there at all he said i was talking to him about bed bugs and and different things and he said that the only thing literally the only thing that they have to worry about is a snake that if it bites you it makes you itch a little bit 
He said they don't have any, you know, big spiders, uh, roaches, ants, fire ants, anything like that. Uh, and I, I thought that was really interesting because uh, it was completely freaking him out the way that I was talking about the pests that we regularly deal with. So, so that's it for Bug Geeky News for this week. So I'm going to get into our, our talk about chemicals and, you know, just kind of the, the stuff that we deal with. Alright, so today we are talking about chemical myths. Uh, the things that we were told, that we believed, and we've had in practice. <laughs> uh, false information runs rampant in the pest control industry. I hate it, but it is what it is. Uh, and it's up to us to you know, to, to bust those myths, to, you know, get that information out to our colleagues and, and anyone that we see along the way, our, our customers. Um, one of the biggest things, and I got it on the list, is, is baseboard spraying. You know, getting out of the, the habit of doing that. Getting out of these, the habits of just every day, oh, that, that looks like just enough chemical. Uh, you know, we'll, that, that's good enough. We'll put a couple glugs of Tile Star in there and that'll take care of the problem. Uh, but, what you guys need to think about is that kind of stuff directly relates to the frustration you're having with issues that are not being fixed. Um, with, you know, you're getting callbacks. Summer's coming up. Really, here, summer's already here. In South Carolina, we're already in the dead of summer. And it's, you know, we're getting rain. We're getting 90-degree temperatures. Uh, all of that on a daily basis, and pests are coming in everywhere. Uh, and I know that those, you know, those kind of temperatures and those things play in a lot to it, but what also does is, you know, us knowing what we're doing, us knowing our jobs, us knowing our chemicals. I was talking to, to a friend yesterday, and, you know, it, there's so much care that should go into our jobs. It should go into what we do on a daily basis, but we just don't, um, and and I hate it. <laughs> that's that's something that that I try to push for now. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. There's days where you know I'm in a hurry. I just throw something in the backpack and go spray it, or you know, I, I'm I walked a long distance and all I have is a certain product in my bag. I take it out. I spray a doorway with it, hoping that it helps. Uh, we all do that, but. We just need to put as much care and concern as possible and do as much research as we can to make sure that we're doing the right thing because one little one little mess up can cause a lot of money, could cause harm to our customers, could cause harm to us. That's just the reality we live in, guys. That's our industry. So we have to be careful. So the first one I'm going to go into is adding more will make it stronger. Guys, this is not true. Uh, whatever is on your label, it's, it's ingrained into us, it's, it's cemented into our minds, the label is the law. The label is the law. You hear it in training meetings over and over and over and over. It's ridiculous. But it's true. You have to read the label before you apply the chemical. Uh, now, if if you're you're one of those people like me, you sit down on a you know on a weekend and just read a bunch of labels and get to know them. I recommend that because you know again we're always in a hurry and we don't have time to sit there and read the label before we're gonna put something out. But get to know your products, get to know what's on your truck, 
and read your labels. So the reason that this is a myth is if you read your label, you have different mix rates for, for different pests. You have places you can treat it, places you can't, different things like that that all play into the fact of will this work or not. The old adage is, you know, let, let me put another, let me put another glug in there. Let me put another, you know, let me put, let me put a little more in there and hopefully, hopefully that'll make it stronger. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of customers feel the same way. So when people, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been servicing somebody's house and they have a big bottle of Towelstar in their garage. And, you know, they say, yeah, man, I, I sprayed the house with this stuff here and there and, yeah, and I'll ask them, like, you know, okay, so, you know, yeah, you bought that off Amazon or a do-it-yourself pest control store, but do you really know what you're doing, you know? Yeah, I just tipped it over and put some in the sprayer and, and started spraying. I figured that was good enough. That's not good enough, you know, and that's really dangerous that people are allowed to <laughs> to get these products, but honestly, we have pest control technicians doing the same thing because they weren't trained properly and they think that you just turn the bottle over, fill the spout, and put it in there. That's it. Uh, and that's that's not okay. So you just have to be careful, guys. Just be careful. All right, number two. Mixing two chemicals together will be twice as good. They're both going to work at the same time. When you're... Now, you know, there is chemicals like... Uh, like heat cider and different things like that that you can mix in, uh, Gentrol, that you can mix in when you're treating for certain pests with other chemicals. Uh, but overall, that's just not a good idea. Because uh, what you're probably going to do is <laughs> both the chemicals are going to cancel each other out. It's going to, you know, just be a, a mess and it's not going to do anything. Uh, so you're either going to make the issue worse or it's just not going to do anything. It's like you didn't do anything at all. Number three, using whatever the new popular chemical in the office is because everyone likes it. I see this way too much. Go behind other technicians and, you know, see them using a, a chemical like Onslaught for, uh, for ants. And yes, it's labeled for it. In certain circumstances, that would be a good product to use, but... It's all in understanding what the product does, understanding what the chemical is, and you can cause some major issues that way. I just saw on one of the Facebook groups, a guy said, so I had this residential the other day, and they were having heavy wasp and spider activity, so I decided to use Onslaught in my backpack. On a personal note, yeah, that, that it works for both of those things. So he said, I treated the house, and a couple days later I got a call that they have massive ant activity now. Ants are coming in everywhere. And again, he said he was new in the industry. I, I get it. You know, that's, that's fine. I was that guy. <laughs> I was using chemicals for months that I had no idea what they did. They just told me they were good. And, you know, it was a new popular chemical. So everybody said, Hey, use this. But what he did was he caused his own issue. All right. So with this, um, uh, 
the, the first thing is you need to always inspect really well before you treat. Uh, check and see, you know, just kind of give a quick walk around the house. See if you see any ants trailing. See if you, you know, see any other issues that could, that could, you know, change your mind on what you're treating with, what you're treating for. Uh, you may, you know, you may have, you know, hear the wasp and spider issue and think, hey, I'm going to use this. Um, but in looking around the house, see that there's ants and that may make you rethink. Uh, and on the other side of that, you know, he should have read his label and done his research and known that, you know, the, the spraying the repellent chemical could cause budding for the ants and, and cause, you know, cause them to, you know, to drive them inside. All right, number four, uh, baseboard spraying will take care of everything. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into this one because we've talked about it a lot, um, but it had to be mentioned. Uh, baseboard spraying is not going to help. <laughs> it's, it's not, but let me just put it this way. Baseboard spraying does not need to be a part of your regular service. If you have ants trailing and you just haven't been able to get rid of them with a bait, uh, if you have a horrible German roach problem and you're pretty much soaking everything down and it's been prepped uh, and it's you're using something where the label's very broad, like a Alpine WSG, uh, something like that, that's okay. But baseboard spraying does not need to be a regular practice. That's it. Number five, uh, I've been using a repellent such as Onslaught Fast Cap, uh, Demand, something like that. MIBNG. Uh, let me just put some Termidor in there and expect it not to affect it. Guys, again, this is this is simple. It's important with your backpack as well, but especially with BNG, uh, rinse it out. If, you, if you're using, uh, I would highly recommend, if you can afford it, getting multiple sprayers uh, and having designated sprayers for repellents, non-repellents, um, you know, anything like that. Uh, just because of the residue, just it sticks, it stays in there. Uh, but if you're going to use the same one, try your best to rinse it out in between treatments. Number six, I've been doing this for years. I don't need my respirator. Guys, with a lot of the chemicals we use, there's certain PPE, such as gloves, long sleeve shirts, I, I shouldn't have to mention this, but long pants with socks and shoes, not sandals and shorts. Uh, I have seen that before. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said respirators, things like that, uh, safety glasses. All, every label has required PPE on it. Make sure you read it and go buy it. Yeah, you know, say phantom aerosol. It's it's pretty strong. And, you know, things like that, 565, you may not feel like you need to wear a respirator, and it may not even call for it. But if you're in an enclosed space, using one of those chemicals that's that strong and smell, you know, smells that bad, 
I would recommend using a respirator. Um, if the label says it, wear it, uh, especially if you're doing like an Actisol treatment with like a BP-100 or a BP-300. Uh, guys, it's just not safe for us to, to be breathing in all these strong chemicals and uh, on a regular basis because most of us have been doing this a while. Uh, and guys, you may not think so, but that takes a toll on your body and it's really not healthy. Uh, and a lot of these chemicals haven't been around long enough for us to know what it's going to do. Um, there's all kind of different health factors that go into this. And so just be careful when you're using anything that has a, even, even something that may not have a smell, but like if you're using like a lot of Delta dust, if you're using a power duster, uh, anything that could get sucked up into your system, you need to be careful because using something like that with that, you know, that fine of a dust could, it could really hurt you if it, if it got in your system. Number seven. Should you be using that for that issue? Said the other pest control person. I've been using this chemical for years. Labels never change. It's good for it. Um, this is... And I know I'm harping on labels a lot, but again, labels the law. Guys, chemicals change. Labels change. They put out new formulations. Uh, different laws, you know, different laws go through that change the usage for different things. I know there's a few chemicals that I could use when I first started that you can't use at all now or you that are really regulated. Uh, so just be careful with that. Uh, even Termidor, even the label, they made a change on that a few years ago. Uh, now some of the other stuff, the the one thing with that is that's why you have to, you know, just kind of check your labels here and there and stay on the pulse of things uh, because they may make a label change. Say you read that in PCT, that they made a Termidor label change, but if you still have the old label material, you still use it according to that label that's on that bottle. So just pay attention to that. And last... But not least, why is my bait not working? So, the, this one is a multifaceted one, so that's why I, le I left it for last. Uh, so we're going to talk about two different things. We're going to talk about ants, and we're going to talk about German roaches. So for the ants, ants have different appetites just like we do. Some are looking for sugar-based baits, and or you know, go towards sugar-based foods, and some go towards protein-based. Uh, there are all kinds of different baits out in the market, uh, and you need to try to have a variety on your truck or in your service bag depending on the issue. There's different bait matrices. There's baits in tubes, baits in syringes, baits in in little boxes, uh, you know, it just try to have a variety with you because ants are finicky. Uh, ants, you know, if it's not what they're going for, they're not going to go for it. And uh, if you put out too much, if you don't put out enough, it could just not be effective at all. Uh, the other thing with baits that is this, that is true for, for baiting for roaches as well is treating over your bait. 
I shouldn't have to say this, but I've seen it happen a lot. So someone goes in, there's an ant problem, they put a bunch of bait out, and then they go back through and spray the baseboards or they just put the bait out with with Talstar and their BNG. Um, so what you're doing is you're tainting that bait uh, with with roaches. You put out bait and then spray a bunch of 565 on it or spray a bunch of, you know, a different aerosol or something. Roaches are finicky as well. And, you know, I wouldn't want to eat a steak that somebody just sprayed a bunch of chemicals on. That's, you know, they're they're the same exact way. So make sure even with even with keeping your baits in an environment, say you're you're a smoker, um, you use a lot of strong cologne, you know, make sure that you keep your baits away from any of the, you know, more smelly chemicals, uh, any of the more strong smelling chemicals, anything like that. Just be remember that it's a food. It's something that they're going for to eat. Uh, even when it comes down to granular bait, keeping that in your truck, make sure you keep it sealed. Because uh, we use chemicals like IC3 and stuff like that that just really have like strong smells. Uh, make sure to keep all your baits away from that. Alright, so German roaches. It's all about the bait placement. If you service a, an apartment that you know has roaches, if you walk in and you open up a cabinet and you put two little things of bait on either side of the cabinet in the hinges and walk right back out, that's never going to fix that roach problem. Never. You have to inspect. Before I start baiting, I inspect like crazy. Because it's just not going to do any good if I don't put the bait where the roaches are. Or at least where they're going to be, you know, going to and from. Uh, pull out the refrigerator check uh, you know those areas where they could have a harborage um an another good place is if you look in the crack behind the dishwasher there's usually some uh if you open up the cabinet up under the sink there's going to be a, a an area where the sink meets the cabinet there's usually some in there because they you know they love tight spaces um anywhere it and it depends on the 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 level level of infestation and the size of the kitchen when you're talking about commercial kitchens um you know you're a little more restricted on where you can put it uh but always look up under prep tables behind equipment uh anywhere where they where they have cardboard uh and focus on those areas don't just put some out and pray cuz that's not going to work you may get some if it's a really bad infestation, you'll get some. Uh, but you have to... And it, get, it gets dirty. I've I've spent many a nights doing clean-outs, laying on my side, un, underneath the grill, behind the, the front line, uh, just getting the bait where it needs to go. Um, so there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, now, on the other side of that, the the question of why is my bait not working uh roaches can be averted uh they can bait aversion is a real thing um it's not quite as common as a lot of people think because a lot of times they either they either have a competing food source 
uh, something has contaminated the bait, it wasn't put in the right place. So that's why that was mentioned. There's a lot of things that play into that. Uh, but beta version is real. Uh, Avert Dry Flowable is a product that I love, uh, and I use that for a lot of large roach issues with hard places to get to because it's a flowable bait. Um, and you have to be careful where you're putting it because if you if you do it wrong, it's getting everywhere, uh, and you got a lot of cleaning up to do. Uh, but I've used that on. I'll just say this: I've done a lot of German roach work, and I've never used that on an issue where it where the issue was not completely fixed. Um, now, I know that's saying a lot for a product, but uh, but it's really good. Now, on the other side of that, it's very expensive. So, don't waste it. <laughs> uh, if you could use a Advion or a Vendetta in an area and you think it's going to work, use it and, and save that for the rough stuff. But uh, I think my... My headspace when going into a German or a very bad German urge issue is inspect and then use all the tools in my tool bag. Use IGRs, uh, use liquids if I have to, use a mix of baits, and then putting the baits in the right places. That's 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 what you know, is my, is my headspace going into a German roach issue. Because if you go in and just throw a bunch of stuff out, start soaking stuff down, it's just not going to help. Um, and I know this is not a German roach episode, but, you know, we're talking about treatments now, so here we are. Um, on the other side of that, for so that you don't have to use just a massive amount of bait and just plastering it everywhere... Go in first with a vacuum. If it's possible to, to vacuum up a few hundred roaches, that's a few hundred roaches you don't have to kill. So go on ahead, do that. Utilize all of the tools in your tool bag. You have a truck full of tools that either you've amassed or your company has given to you to handle an issue. And honestly, like there there's a lot of factors go that go into German roach treatments. Uh, you know, sanitation is a factor. Uh, but do everything you can to try to handle it before you have to throw it back on the customer. All right, guys, that's it for my uh, for my Han Solo episode of the Bug Geeky Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. So, so up next, we have the interview I did with Love and Rescue uh, and a couple acoustic songs for you guys. Hope you enjoy them. Remember to check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a listeners group on Facebook. Check that out. Uh, and everything's at Bug Geeky. That's what of our pages are. So uh, check us out. Have a conversation with us. Let us know how we're doing. Remember, our t-shirts are still available on Teespring. Uh, teespring.com forward slash the Bug Geeky podcast. Go get one. Uh, we do still have our Patreon account available. Uh, go on there. You can get bonus episodes. Uh, you can help support us. It's it's a really cool thing. You get free t-shirt. So uh, so check that out. Guys, it's been great hanging out with you today. I hope you enjoyed it, and, and we'll see you next time. Hey, guys. This is Gabe with the Bug Geeky Podcast. Sitting here with my friends Love and Rescue. You've probably heard, heard our music on uh, some of the intros, and we've put some songs at the end of some of the episodes, but... We're out here in near Columbia, South Carolina, 
we have a photo shoot tomorrow, and we're just kind of hanging out at a at a cabin out here in the woods, and uh, we figured we'd play some songs for you since you guys were familiar with with the band and um, and maybe interview the guys a little bit. So, uh, guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, first off, we got Ryan. Hey, I'm Ryan Irvin. Uh, I'm the lead singer of the band, and I play rhythm acoustic as well. Um, I am Joey. I play bass guitar. Um, also a little bit of background vocals as well. And Vokens. Vokens, yeah. All the Vokens. All the Vokens. Make sure you write that down. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan, and I play drums, and I go by the name Jan for some reason. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. It, it is. is. It's quite a beautiful name. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're just out here hanging out in the middle of nowhere. Having a great time. Wait, is that banjos out here? <laughs> Not it's, yet. It's just dark out here, too. Like, <laughs> we turn those lights off right there? It'll literally be pitch black. Out we are a country band, so, but I forgot my banjo. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, like I said, we're going to play some music for you guys and uh, you know, just kind of hang out for a little bit. This will probably be at the end of the episode, so you're wondering why I'm, I'm announcing who I am again and all that, but it's because I didn't know what to say. But uh, <laughs> you're like, what? Who are this, you? What do you play? Like, guys, are you, are you, oh yeah, I'm Gabe Swelling, and I play guitar. Uh huh. That um, That's and all you do. A, a few other things, but um, <laughs> pretty much every instrument. Yeah. So Ryan, tell us a little bit about the band and uh, kind of what we do. Oh, sure. Uh, Love and Rescue started probably about three years ago. Uh, I really only really consider it starting about a year and a half ago, two years. And that's really when. All of us four got together and uh, started writing our own music and playing a bunch of shows and really trying to grow. But um, we're a country band, um, play a lot of different country covers and kind of write in that same kind of format too. But we stick to, uh, in our own writing, we go a little bit more rock side or uh, even some kind of like indie rock, I guess, is what you could say with yep. some of our stuff. But um, we like to like to push the boundaries and... Uh, I know that we like to go about the Keith Urban route too, you know, <laughs> do a lot what he does. So, awesome, Joey. What's your um, what's your favorite part of being in a band? Favorite part of being in a band, I would say for me, um, is just a, obviously. Um, I know people get caught up in the in the fame and, and and all that stuff. I just I don't really care about all that. I'm I'm just in it for the music. I, I love just being a, being able to just get together with a group of people that you care about and do you know life with every day and uh, be able to just do uh, do what you love to do. I think that's the that's the most special part about it. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Absolutely, Jan. What what's your what's your favorite part of being in? In music and in the band and everything. I think for me, it's um, well, pretty much what Joey said. You know, getting to do what you love to do. Um, for me, the prospect of getting to do it for a living, you know, and not having to work a regular job like pest control, music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or or t-shirt printing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just. Uh, for me, that's that's the joy of it. Um, the, you know, like he says, some people do it for the fame or the prospect of fame. And really, you just, for me, you got to love your instrument and you've got to love music and you've got to love who you work with, I think. 
And absolutely, if you're doing that, whether you become famous or not, really doesn't matter. That's true. Well, and you you made a good point. You know, I think for every musician that's playing out places and stuff, it's uh, the whole goal is to, you know, for that to be your job. And you know, I'm I'm in pest control. And uh, Ryan, what what do you do? Uh, I'm an accounting. I'm in accounting. I'm an accounting manager at a firm downtown. Nice, Joey. What? Um, I am a full-time manager at a express car wash. Nice. A, a awesome car wash. It's not, it's not just like any car wash. They do like a bang-up job. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It, it does a good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it's we, we all have our, our different stuff that we do out, outside of the band, but um, it, my favorite part is just the fact that we can all come together as friends and you know, have these awesome moments where we're just doing the thing we love, and um, I just, I love, like, we, we played in um, in Columbia at a place called Breakers a few weeks ago, and I just love that moment where, you know, you're singing a song that everybody knows, and they're singing along with you. We did uh, Mr. Brightside by The Killers, <laughs> uh, kind of outside of our, our usual um, sound, um, but... I, I had trouble actually playing the song because I was so happy <laughs> that, like, we were, like, Ryan was getting it, and everyone is just screaming it as loud as they could, Everybody jumping up and down, and, I mean, that's just, like, those moments where it's just this roar of everyone is just having a great time, uh, you know, music just brings everyone together like that, and I just, that's that's definitely my favorite part, um, I know that that has happened a lot when we've played um especially when we do songs like that that's well loved by people um and that's just such a cool moment when it's just like everybody's all together there's no religions or races or you know like there's there's nothing you know no class division yeah i mean yeah. you're just all there singing music and having a great time so that's 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 definitely my favorite part and you like all the hecklers too right that's, that's oh of course you Play this song. Freebird! Free <laughs> I can't believe, like, every single Free show bird. we've played, someone screams Freebird. The last time, the time before last when we played at that place in Columbia, literally this guy, like, screamed it the every five minutes. Uh, we love some Leonard Skinner, but, uh, not, 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 not Freebird. <laughs> free uh, yeah, so... Well, like I said, we're going to play a couple songs for you. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. But, Ryan, where, where can you find our music at? Uh, you can find us really anywhere that music is distributed. But uh, if you want to follow us on, on Facebook or Instagram, uh, our Facebook is facebook.com backslash Love and Rescue Band. Our Instagram is at Love and Rescue Band. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Love and Rescue SC. Um, we also on Snapchat too, Love and Rescue SC. Uh, yeah. But you can find our music on iTunes. If you just remember to put the and sign in between Love and Rescue for iTunes or Spotify, We're also on Amazon Music, Google Play, uh, literally anywhere. <laughs> you you usually listen to music we're we're on. Uh, we've got our full EP out and also our single from last year as well. And we'll also be working on some new music for you guys so yes yeah, we'll have something new releasing within the next few the next probably six months or so so we're, we're excited about it and 
uh, we thank you guys uh, for coming out to our shows, and, and I'll try to keep everyone up to date on our calendar. I know we're, we're going to be pretty busy the next few months, so uh, I'll keep you guys up to date. All right, so we got a few songs coming up for you, uh, so here we go. Yeah. 
come over We'll be right back at it, right back at it again It'll be all fairy tales and bliss for a little while I'll do almost anything just to make you smile But you'll lose trust and ask where I've been, yeah We both know how it's gonna end See, it's over See, I never wanna see you again In the morning You'll be asking me how I've been And it won't be long Till we're trying to just be friends so much for for listening and for um letting us kind of ramble on for a little bit but like i said check us out on social media and on itunes and uh thanks for listening as always stay stay geeky stay woke here at bug geeky we know that you have a choice of pest control podcast to listen to and we thank you for choosing us the third best pest control training podcast remember to hit subscribe Leave us a review and a five-star rating. Also, check us out on social media at Bug Geeky and check out our blog at buggeeky.com. Have a great day and stay geeky. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh.